0: The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of the disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders and they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it and there are also many other traditions that they observe the washing of cups pots and bronze kettles so the pharisees and the scribes asked him why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders but eat with defiled hands he said to them Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain they do not worship, they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to the human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. For it is within from the human heart that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, Slander, pride, folly, all these evils come from within and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord.
1: I am wondering if any of you have seen the TV show, What Would You Do? Show of hands, anybody? There's a couple, more than any other service which might say something. I have to confess that although that show has been around for years, I've only recently seen a very little bit of it, not even anywhere near a full episode, and I'm telling you, that was more than enough for me. (laughs) If you don't know the show, this is how it works. Actors play out scenes of conflict or illegal activity in public settings while hidden cameras record the scene. Don't think candid camera. Candid camera is funny. This is not funny. The focus of the cameras is on the bystanders, capturing how they respond and whether or not they intervene. The host, John Quijones appears at the end to interview the bystanders and the witnesses about their reactions and responses about what they did, or frankly, in most cases, about what they did not do. For example, the one that I saw took place in a sandwich shop. The employees were, of course, in on the whole thing. It went like this. When the clerk's back was turned away from the register, the actor, in full view of a waiting line of customers, would take money from the tip jar that was on the counter and stuff it into his or her pocket. The camera then focused on those customers now turned eyewitnesses and recorded it all. As you might imagine, responses were varied. A couple of people intervened, calling out the actor on his deed One reported it to the manager but only after the actor left the shop and another threatened to call the police. Some walked out apparently having lost their appetite and others did nothing at all carried on with business as usual. It was the interviews with those who did nothing that made me change the channel. I'm telling you I couldn't stomach watching those poor people, presumably otherwise kind, good, law-abiding people being put on the spot to explain why they did nothing in the face of an obvious crime. I felt sick for them because they were being exposed on national television for their lack of courage, for their lack of moral responsibility, for their shortcoming they were being exposed for what they did not do. If I'm being completely honest, I guess I also have to say that I felt sick for them because I was afraid I might actually be one of them. To tell you the truth, in a situation like that, I don't know what my response would be. But I do know for sure I wouldn't want to have to explain it. Strangely, I felt that same uncomfortable pit in my stomach as I read the Gospel in preparation for this sermon. You heard it a moment ago. It begins innocently enough with a quibble over hand-washing. The Pharisees and the scribes witnessed the disciples of Jesus eating a meal without having first washed their hands, which to us today just sounds gross. But back then, it was about so much more than proper hygiene. It was a matter of obedience. It was a matter of an outward expression of faithfulness and devotion to God. The Pharisees asked Jesus, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders? This looks and feels a little bit like a first-century episode of what would you do, don't you think? I mean, what would you do if you saw the disciples of Jesus behaving badly? In the Bible, Mark tells us that the Pharisees spoke up and out, expressing their concern over the disciples for their disobedience. They brought what they saw to the attention of Jesus if this were a tv show in the interview afterwards you can imagine the host asking so why did you speak up and the pharisees answering well they're the disciples of jesus after all and shouldn't they of all people be held accountable to the same high standards of obedience we have set for ourselves the rub comes with how jesus responded the Pharisees. He turned their question around on them. He called them hypocrites and then he quoted the prophet Isaiah who said, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Who's being exposed now? I can't help but wonder. To be honest, I read this gospel and I feel a little sick for the Pharisees. My stomach does a somersault and without thinking, I reach for the remote. Oh wait, this isn't TV, it's real life. You see, when Jesus turns the discussion back on the Pharisees, he is actually turning the discussion back on us as well. He's telling us to look within to examine ourselves, to open up our hearts for deep reflection. He's warning us about the dangers of attending to the externals of our faith without attending to our hearts, hand-washing in the case of the Pharisees, and I don't know, maybe what we call the marks of discipleship for us. He's cautioning us that those things cannot serve as a substitute for godly words and deeds that spring from a faithful heart. He's saying, Look, it's not just about what you do and what you say. It's not just about following the rules and doing all the things. There's more to it than that. When our hearts are far from God, no word spoken and no deed done. Is pleasing to him. No matter how obedient or right or pious, without our heart, our words and our deeds are nothing. See, God doesn't want your empty deeds and words, He wants your heart. He wants your whole heart. There is no getting around the fact that this is a hard text. It pulls back the curtain on the condition of our hearts, leaving us exposed. Truth be told, there is not one among us whose heart hasn't, at one time or the other, been in the wrong place or out of alignment with our words and deeds, rendering them empty at best. I am reminded of a visit my husband and I made to a wonderful bed and breakfast It was in this really cool renovated public building with enough rooms to accommodate four couples. The weekend that we were there, it was full. Our stay and everything about it was absolutely enchanting, in large part due to the host and hostess who were welcoming and attentive and accommodating, anticipating every single thing a guest could possibly need or want. Running this B&B, meeting new people, building community, creating a place for rest and relaxation, it was clear they were doing what they loved. After everyone checked out, at the encouragement of our hosts and with their permission, we lingered for a couple of hours in their expansive sitting room, reading, watching the snowfall, listening to music, enjoying some really good coffee, And that is when they forgot that we were still there. From a room out of sight, but not out of earshot, we heard our hostess loudly complaining to her husband about the weekend's guests. (laughs) What is the matter with people, she exclaimed. And that was followed by several long paragraphs of pent-up frustration that apparently had been brewing all weekend long. In that single moment, the curtain had been pulled back and we were seeing the truth of what was behind it. Our enchantment was quickly replaced by a growing horror that one of them might remember that we were still there. (laughs) Discover that they'd been exposed, discover that the true condition of their hearts had been revealed to us. Whenever I read scripture in preparation for a sermon, I ask a simple question What is the good news? With this particular passage, that question required rewording and became Where is the good news? (laughs) A simple review of the reading reveals that in these 13 verses, what we have is caution and warning. It is, as one commentator wrote, a come-to-Jesus text, as in, If you expect to follow Jesus, then this will demand an excruciating examination of yourself, of your true intentions, of your true beliefs, and of your own true heart. This text makes it clear just how hard it is for us to get our hearts right before God. It's worth recalling here how the Gospel of Mark begins. In the story about the baptism of Jesus, God, you will remember, ripped apart heaven and came down consider for a moment what that action reveals about the heart of god god in heaven came down to us it's impossible to miss the fact that all of the words and all of the actions of our good god recorded throughout scripture book after book, chapter after chapter, verse after verse, each and every word and deed of the Almighty exposes the true heart of God, which proves to be relentless in his work to draw your heart closer to his. Make no mistake, God knows the true condition of your heart. And... God loves you so much that he sent his son to make your heart right. So whatever else you know today, know this. Your heart, no matter how out of alignment it is with your words and deeds, is not beyond God's reach or ability to transform it. Let me say that again. Your heart No matter how out of alignment it is with your words and deeds, it is not beyond God's reach or ability to transform it. So as you leave, having been fed and forgiven at this table, please leave knowing with unshakable certainty this true thing, your heart, has been redeemed by God for good. And that, my friends, is news worth sharing. Amen.